1: Oh,
0: Recorded live. Yeah, big night, exactly. big night going around here. So, <laughs> I'm saying. okay. Can you hear me pretty well? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, no, I switch up. I actually, I go to the one place to the one person I know that still has a house phone, and that's my mother. So that's why I always come <laughs> and record the podcast from here because okay. I can make it sound good at least from my end. So, but no, you sound pretty good, man. Okay, all right. Just let me know because I'm on speaker. If I need to take it off, just let me know. I'll I take it off. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's okay on the questions. I didn't know how much you um, stay up with, like, you know, the hardcore of what's happening down there. That's why I just wanted to throw some questions out there to kind of gauge, you know, how much you've been keeping up with the program. Mm -hmm. I'm normally all in, but uh, honestly, I've been doing my own thing,
1: like, the last six months. I haven't paid attention to any of it, but I brushed up on my research. I just didn't get a chance to check out Browning, but the new coaches and stuff like that. I'm I'm pretty much ready to go and all of that stuff. So yeah, I I I keep in touch with it though. I follow it. Okay. And then uh when's the last time you
0: was down in Columbus?
1: Last uh for last year's I was in last year's spring game and then uh I did a couple games last year at the shoe. So um uh, you know, the year before that I was doing NBC every weekend, uh NBC four down there and a sports analyst on game day. So Okay so I've been I've been down there yeah, I've been down there pretty much I've been down there.
0: And so, is that what you really want to do? Is it just football stuff, or do you want to do other stuff? Like, you know, like nah, is there other sports nah. that you follow and stuff like that? Nah, nah. I'm
1: really, I'm really on some TV production stuff, man. Like, you know, yeah. um, I've done some other stuff, but I'm, I'm, I'm really learning how to produce reality shows, documentaries, and stuff like that. That's kind of my passion where I'm at right now. Cause I've been in the music industry since I left the NFL. So, right now, I'm just trying to figure out how to produce these uh, reality shows and, and uh, documentaries right now.
0: Now you want it to be any reality show? I mean, we're talking everything from love and hip hop to you know, like um, hard hitting documentaries. You know what I mean? Like uh, if it's about you know, incarcerated felons and all that kind of stuff. Or you got a lane that you want to definitely focus on? Um, I'm I'm going to start off with some
1: personal things that I got going on. Um,
0: okay. first well, first
1: of all, my personal documentary, just basically about my life and things of that nature. Then I have some other concepts that I shot a couple sizzle reels for. Um, one is a sports reality show. And the other one is a um a doc I mean a, a documentary a docudrama of uh basically about TBI um in a concussion case with the NFL and former military uh, veterans. Okay.
0: So I got a I got a couple of different concepts I'm, I'm putting together right now. All right. Well, what we do at an Ohio Bias, man, we it was just me and my one buddy. um, We used to, you know, like it's like anybody else. We argue about sports. We text them back and forth and whatnot. And people had told me about 10 years ago. I went to Ohio State. um, Okay. But became a page at the state house and ended up getting a job when I was like 20 years old being a legislative aide. So I just went into politics for like 10 and a half, about 11 years. And I got kind of burnt out on that. And then like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, I opened up my own computer repair shop and stuff like that. That's kind of where the podcast background gets at. But I never started it until about three years ago. And people have been telling me for years to go ahead and do it because you love sports so much. You love, you know, all things Ohio. So that's kind of where this came from. And uh, our biggest thing, man, we, we do it for ourselves as a hobby just when we have time and stuff like that. But that's the other thing with it is we try to um, showcase athletes that are from Ohio that might get that much shine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would be great for my podcast if I could talk to LeBron James, but what about all the other people that do stuff in Ohio, bodybuilders to MMA to, you know, um, and we do get players that play hockey or lacrosse and things like that from those different teams. But, you know, that's basically where we come from, so – Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. fair and much. I think we, uh, Rafiq wanted us to kind of link up. I think we can have a little bit of crossover in doing some stuff, man. So, um uh, But I wanted you to kind of see the perspective of how I, like, reach out to people and things like that if we do move forward. So at least you have that backside of it. Gotcha. Were, were you
1: based in Cleveland?
0: Yes, yes. But the last, like, the last two and a half years I was out in Virginia Beach. So that was another okay. thing that was tricky. But I still kept the podcast going and tried to maintain the audience, so. Got gotcha. you. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're gonna get into it, man. Um, if you if if it feels like a question, I know I mean you're old hand at this, but if it's something you just want to like redo an answer or something like that, just let me know. I can throw the question at you again. But if not, you know, I do a little podcast magic, so it'll be edited around a little bit. But it's pretty much just you know a regular conversation, and we just go through the questions and anything else you want to mention. So.
1: All right. Sounds good. Cool. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans and D and Jake. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us, the two thousand one Ohio State MVP one, Mr. Jonathan Wells. Jonathan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we're going to talk with Jonathan just about everything from his career and then kind of catch up to what's the big thing on everybody's mind is the Ohio State spring game coming up right now. But, Jonathan, take us back to, you know, your recruitment, um, being that guy to come out of Louisiana then come up north. I mean, we know how everything's turned out with, you know, (laughs) Ohio State and the SEC and that whole battle. But for you, you were a very special player at that time to, you know, come out of the south. And uh, how did you feel? Ian, how did you feel, and what was the deciding factor of you coming to Columbus? Uh,
1: You know, man, it's really a crazy situation because, you know, Ohio State, uh, I'm actually the first player from Louisiana to ever come and play football at Ohio State. They don't even recruit down there. So the way that it kind of happened was, you know, I always like to say it was a God situation. Um, I basically didn't know anything about Ohio State until about 1995. So this guy, number 27, six three, two thirty five, you know, I was six two, two twenty five in high school. So I see this guy coming through the hole and I'm like, man, I'm going there. You know what I mean? So Eddie <laughs> George really Eddie George really sold me on the program to be quite honest with you, bro, along with, you know, guys like Terry Glenn or Lando Pace. And once I started to do a little research and just see the history of the program, it was a no brainer for me. But at the time it was really uh crazy because you no know, Ohio State never came to Louisiana to recruit. So you know, uh, I took a lot of pride in that, being the first guy from Louisiana to come here and play and uh, ultimately have a, a, a have a pretty good career here. So, you know, my decision was made, man, in 95 when I saw Eddie George. You know, I could have went pretty much anywhere um, that I wanted to go, but Ohio State was just really just I fell in love with them. You know, at the time, Bone Thugs and Harmony was one of my favorite rap groups, you know, so I learned about the city of Cleveland from them. So I was kind of all in, man, from 95. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> and we know it wasn't uh, – I want to ask a real question that's a little more contemporary because we know it wasn't for the love of money. Um And this just sparked up. Dan Dockich got into it with Frank Kaminsky. J.J. Reddick jumped in after the national championship last night, you know, was going on uh, with North Carolina beating Gonzaga. But um, student-athletes getting paid and that compensation versus education, is it really, you know, um, fair for student-athletes, the way the NCAA structure works, that they get to use your image and things like that? We know what you did to usher in that winning era against the team up north so, like, how do you feel about that? And take us back to your days. Was it a, a struggle for you? Because you're an out-of-state person, too, so your support structure might not be the same way for, like, some of the in-state um, people like like the guys on your team, like Mike Dawson, those guys from Akron who were, you know, uh, from the area. Yeah, I mean, listen, we had,
1: we had some really, you know, tough days, man, where we had to, you know, come together and eat ramen noodles during the summer. You know, like I said, I'm sure we weren't the best at managing the little bit of crumbs that they gave us but at the same time with the amount of money that's being made by the university there's no way that we should struggle like some of the times we had to struggle so you know i think it's a it's a a sticky situation man when it comes to talking about playing paying players because you know i mean how do you decide who you're going to pay what and how much you're going to pay who it's really it's really sticky man but at the same time they got to figure out something i don't care if they come up with a 401k So guys are taking care of, you know, uh, down the line. But, you know, they have to share some of that revenue, man, that these kids are bringing into these schools. So, you know, I I would love to see them work it out. But uh, it's a really tricky situation to me, to be honest.
0: Yeah, we know. Like on campus, I mean, you know, you can you can eat and you can eat cheap some nights. You know, Taco Tuesdays big now with Aaron Craft starting that when he was there and stuff like that. But back then, I mean, I, it pretty much had to be you know uh, trying to catch the special either at Old Field, at Old Fields, at um, at Not Our Tools. You know, Free Wings on Friday or something like that. You know what I'm saying? The, the sloopies and stuff. Biffs. Yeah, catfish biffs. yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, putting the napkins on catfish biffs to make sure it wasn't too greasy. But, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, tell us what that was like, though, too, though, acclimating to campus for you coming from Louisiana, and then how that carried over into, like, your first spring game experience of getting on campus, going through that, and, like, kind of take us in that mindset of maybe some of these players are dealing with right now. Um,
1: it, it was really um, my acclamation to Ohio, man. I honestly, I was, I was, I was probably homesick maybe two or three days because I came up early to work out with the team, you know, uh, right right before camp started, before fall camp started. I came up to get some coach, went on some conditioning, in with the team, and you know, I was homesick maybe two or three days. But once I started meeting some of the guys you know, realized I was away from home, you know, I had my own freedom, you know, the homesick, I wasn't homesick for too long, you know, so it was a great experience when I got here to campus, man, you know, um, we got here and I started understanding how much we were going to be running, that was one thing I had to get acclimated to because Coach Dave Kennedy was an animal back then, so, you know, once I saw this running, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get it together, but other than that, man, the transition to the campus was beautiful, Um, I came at the right time, you know, in 1998, we were number one in the country, you know, for, Mm -hmm pretty much 11 weeks in a row. So I came at <laughs> with what I would consider the perfect time, you know. And then ultimately, the, after my freshman year, we ended up going back down to New Orleans and playing in the Sugar Bowl. So I got to play in front of 40 or 50 of my family members. So 1998, man, couldn't, I, I couldn't have scripted it any better way because I played in every game as a freshman. So, you know, I actually got to get out there and get it in. And then on the number one team in the country. So I couldn't have scripted it any better. Um, leading into that, you know, I was I was ready to go, man, after after my going into my sophomore year. I had a lot of hype with my name, like a lot of hype, you know. So, you know, and I worked. I worked hard, you know. So going into that second year, when you're getting ready for that spring game, man, it, it's a – you know, the spring game is kind of tricky because they're all, the, all of the starters are split up. So, you know, by the time we get to the spring game, we're tired. We're kind of ready for it to be over, to be quite honest with you. You know, we've been battling each other for the last month every day. So we kind of like – you know, you want to make a couple of plays here and there, but you pretty much have done what you have to do at practice. You know, you're only going to get five or ten plays during the game, especially if you're a first or second stringer. So at the same time, you know, we kind of just have fun with it. But, you know, just just the, the work was done leading up to the spring game, in my opinion.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's let's talk about this because we know there's a little bit of a coaching change, and we'll get to that for the the current Buckeyes. But in your time, you had the great year, 98. We know what happened that next year. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying, the same thing. But then you bounced back, and we know the coaching change happened. Talk about the philosophy that John Cooper had and why that was attractive for you, Um, and then we'll get to the change with the guy that came in after that.
1: Uh, I hate to say it, to be honest with you. John Cooper really had nothing to do with my decision to come here. Okay. Um, uh, He came down and, and, you know, recruited me or whatever, but it wasn't him. I, I honestly came here because of Eddie George, and I came here because of Tim Spencer, who was my running back coach. So, you know, that was the guy, that, that the coach that I really bonded with and clicked with. And, you know, once I looked up his resume and seen that he was number two leading rusher in Ohio State history at the time, had played in the NFL, which was something that I aspired to do. Um, it was a no-brainer for me to come here and be coached by a guy like that. So, you know, Coach Cooper's philosophy, I, I kind of attributed to kind of more of an NFL style. He wasn't a hands-on guy with his players. You know, I, I very rarely saw Coach Coop unless he was in trouble or something. But, you know, it was a, where he wasn't like a person. He didn't have a personal touch, at least with me. Maybe other guys feel different. I did not have a personal touch with Coach Coop. So, you know – um you know, I really don't. His coaching style would be more of an NFL style, and he let his, his his uh individual coaches basically do what they needed to do. And he would, you know, he was he had great guys in position to recruit and do do great
0: things. So, you know, that would be my opinion on John Cooper. Yeah, that was kind of the philosophy of a lot of coaches. I mean, you think about the great ones, even if it was a guy over in Unhappy Valley or uh, down in south at the Florida State program, Bobby Bowden, that CEO style. So that, you know, it's like that era of coaching. That's kind of how it was. Yeah. They, get, they, let the, they put together great coaching staffs to make sure the talent uh, was achieved. Um, exactly. So, so 2001, there was a basketball game. Ohio State's playing a team up north there's a buzz in the crowd because a new coach is going to take the microphone. And that is one Jim Trestle from Youngstown state. He gets on the microphone and promises that, you know, everybody that loves the Buckeyes can be proud of this team, especially in so many odd days when they beat the team up North. How was that going mm-hmm. into that season coming under him and new coaches Um just that transition, and how did it work out for you? I mean, we know how it worked out for you, but how did you feel going into that, you know, about your status and how you were going to be utilized in that season? Um, I
1: think it was a very anxious time for everybody. Um, To be honest, we probably thought – I thought uh, Glenn Mason was going to get hired because he was the big name on, on the list out of the coach that they were interviewing. So I kind of had in my mind that they would probably just go with Glenn Mason. So when the announcement came, for Jim Trestle, I was like, Who the hell is that? Like I didn't even know who Jim Trestle was. I don't know anything about Youngstown State, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was kind of, I was kinda of shocked. But, you know, to be honest, when when the first day that we had a team meeting and he stepped in that in that in that um in that meeting room, we knew we had something special. Well, I knew we had something special. It was just his demeanor, it was the way he carried himself. He demanded respect. He was respectful to us. And I, I just I just felt something great about the guy, man. And obviously he didn't disappoint. Um, you know, like I said, he set me down as soon as he met me. He's like, "Okay, you, you you're going to be the starting running back, so I want you to meet me in my office every morning. We're going to watch every play from your junior year." So I sat in his office every morning, and we went through my whole entire junior year, play by play, play by play. So he gave once I saw that he gave me that kind of attention and the way that he was coaching me, I knew I had something special, man. So I basically was like. I'm going to listen to everything this guy says. And then remind you, it was, it was my senior year coming up. So I knew that if I aspired to play in the NFL, I had to get it done now. So I didn't have a chance to play around. I didn't have a chance to try to figure him out. I just bought into the program, you know. So and that for me was just working hard, doing everything that he asked of me and more. And, you know, ultimately it led to giving me an opportunity to play in the NFL. So it, it all worked out. Um, and, you know, Jim Truss is one of the best coaches I've ever been around in my life. He's definitely a legend in my book.
0: Was there a moment though in that season, or like in those meetings, those mornings, like when you were like you could stay motivated, knowing hey this is gonna help me realize my dream? Or was there a moment where hey I know that you, you might have got some reports from like the um, I know the NFL draft grades came out l- later than they do now um, even, but you know what was was there something that sparked it, or you're just like hey you just gonna keep working towards that, keep working towards that type of situation?
1: I'll tell you, uh, I had a conversation. My, my my senior year, I started off pretty okay. Well, you know, we were like I said, we had a new team. Um, we had, you know, we 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 were just trying to figure it out. We didn't have any star receivers at the time, so basically, we were just lining up and running the ball, and we were just trying to figure it out early in the season. So uh, about three or four games in, uh, Tim Spencer called me in his office, and it's one of the realest conversations I've ever had with a coach. And he asked me, he said, Jonathan, if you if you would to be drafted today, where do you think that you would be drafted? You know, and I, I didn't play great at the beginning of my junior year. I turned it on towards the middle and the end of the season. So I was realistic. I said, Coach, I mean, honestly, fifth or sixth round maybe. And he was like, Dub, I tell you, right now the scouts are saying you're a free agent back. You know, I was like, wow, you know, so that hit me hard. You know what I mean? So I sat in the hallway that night. I ended up watching film on Eddie and a bunch of other guys until about 9 o'clock that night then the next week, we played Northwestern, night game, uh, in the shoe. And my second run, I broke it for 72 yards, and that's when I knew I arrived. And from there, I never looked back. Like, I went on a, I went on a killing spree from that game on. But it was kind of like he had to give me that reality, like, right now, you're not going to get drafted, buddy, so you need to pick it up. Because I was running hard, but I wasn't making any – I wasn't breaking any long runs. And, you know, in order to get to that 1, 1,000, 1,300-yard mark that I got to, I needed long runs. So, you know, luckily that next game – it just happened, man, 72 yard on
0: the second play of the game, and then from there, like I said, I never looked back. Well, take us in that mindset, though, as a running back. In high school, did your running style change at that point, or was it something that you were doing differently? Was it always seeing the space, getting there, and just going for the end zone? Or, like, you know, what's that like, you know, when you're, you're waiting for the ball, then you take that first step, and then you're trying to find the hole behind your blocker?
1: I really, I really say it's like painting a picture, man. You know, there's a lot of things going on in front of you, and it's all happening so fast. So, you know, you you really out there doing it by instinct because you don't have time to think. Obviously, you just got to react to what you see in front of you. And for me, it was all about getting reps. Like the more reps I had, the more the more consistency I had in playing time, I was going to start busting those long runs but because my my career with injuries my sophomore year was riddled by injuries first game I got hurt I was out 3 or 4 weeks that kind of derailed my sophomore year then got into trouble after my sophomore year so I missed half of the spring going into my my junior year so I came into my junior year in a doghouse didn't play great football my first four games so I kind of had to just keep getting off the mat and keep picking myself up man but you know once you once you once I get into that zone as a running back I can do anything on the field you know and that's what you saw you know, from the end of my senior year on. I always showed signs, you know, my whole career I showed signs of being great, you know, breaking long runs, doing my thing. But it was all about, for me, consistency of getting reps. And once I got my reps and I just knew I was the guy, you know, it was no looking back for me. So, you know, my style as a running back, I didn't play in the I formation from high school. We played a split veer, so I had my hand on the ground. So Mm -hmm. when I came to Ohio State, I had to get used to running out of the I formation because I hadn't done that for four or five years. So, you know, it was an adjustment period for me, but, you know,
0: I just took it in stride and, you know, everything worked out. All right. Well, let's go to this real quick. How how did you deal with a loss? And then um, we're going to bring this forward now because I think some of the similarities of what you had are kind of close to what's going on for Mike Weber right now, but we'll get to that here in a second because um, he's not breaking long runs right now, and I think that was one of the things last season that if you look at anything, he had, he was getting yards, but he almost, he would stumble at certain points, but we'll get to that, but how did you deal with a loss, and how do you think they dealt with this loss? We know how the fans dealt with it. Myself, I'm still not over it. Um, we talked to a lot of fans on our show. Uh, they did not score, Johnson. I mean, like, I, you, you're a running back, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, and just an like Ohio State fan in general, Ohio State scores, and I mean, Jim Trussell's not coaching, so we're not playing for field goals out here, but even and then they scored you know like they did not score yeah, against listen, Clemson I mean this listen, that, listen, that had to be the most hurtful thing of all of them. we can take a loss you I know hey I, if a team's better I can't, but I can't let you disrespect Jim Trussell like that now come on now Jim, <laughs> listen Jim I
1: have to tell fans all the time stop it with the Trestle ball Oh, I don't, I
0: don't, I don't say it in a disrespectful way, Jonathan. I love Trestle ball. No, no, I, I love it because we won. Yeah, you, you gotta understand yeah. something, to me. I'll take a win by a field goal or by one point any day. So you know.
1: So what you, but you, but you, people don't understand the greatness of Jim Trestle. And I'm gonna break it down real brief. Okay, Jim, you call it Trestle ball, but when you look at when they were playing that style of ball, who was at the quarterback position? Was it Craig Krenzel? What happened when they got a Troy Smith who was ready to open it up? They did they not score 40, 50 points a game? Like, he could coach any style, but he's smart enough to understand the strengths of his team. If my strength is defense and special teams, I'm not going to ask Craig with to throw for 300 yards a game. That's not his game. So he coached his players to the strengths that he had. When we had Troy Smith, our offense was more explosive than anybody in the country, so it's not about trestle ball it 's just about him just being smart enough to know his personnel but i'm all
0: for that <laughs> no no i i i i also will add too I believe that and it's kind of this, a similar thing that you see under this urban Meyer team a little bit the the trestle the, the reason I say trestle ball cause it's just way it, but they also wore down teams with that 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 mentally wore them down and physically wore them down with the with the defense and the special teams. If you're constantly losing those small battles, it takes a toll on you during the game. And those teams didn't have enough to finish, even if they only needed a touchdown to win. So, I, yeah, right. I, I, I have the utmost respect for a trussle ball, man. I don't, uh, I don't I, mean it in a derogatory I, way. I'm just messing with you. It's all good, buddy. <laughs> But take us to um, take us to what you think it's like, you know, so Trussell and them, the, the Trussell staff comes in, some of the guys do stay there, but what do you think, you know, that's kind of like, we know Urban Meyer's still at the helm right now, but that loss, dealing with a loss like they dealt with Clemson and then having all this turnover, what do you think that's like for these players going into the spring game mm-hmm. with Kevin Wilson, Ryan Day, some of that new staff coming in on that offensive side?
1: Um, I, I think it's been a lot of turnover, but when you're at a school like Ohio State, that's why Urban asked these guys to give them two years. These guys are great coaches that are coaching on his staff. So at the end of the day, you're not going to get guys to be here three, four, five, six, seven years, and, you know, you get used to them. So that's been kind of difficult for JT Barrett because, you know, we've been swapping offensive coordinators basically since he's been at the helm. So I think now with uh, – with uh Ryan Day, I think that will be good for him because, you know, like I said, one of my reasons for coming to Ohio State was because my position coach played in the NFL. So as a quarterback, if I aspire to play in the NFL and I got a guy who's just coming from the NFL, obviously I'm going to give, it, I'm going to give him all the attention and, and every, do everything I need to do. So I think this would be good, you know, for the guys. You know, this is Ohio State, man. They used to, you know, coaches going in and out. You know, but one thing for sure, the intensity level's never going to go down. Urban Meyer's always going to expect the best and then more from his players. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a big deal, to be quite honest Which I think they're going to be ready to
0: roll. Now, what do you see from the playmakers here on this depth chart? Uh, we know Paris Campbell stepping into that H-back role. Uh, Mike Weber, like I was kind of say, like you're talking about not breaking those big runs. He always seemed he was just one step away, one you know balance away from staying upright to breaking a long run last year, but it just never materialized. And uh, we know the Lorraine product, the Mario McCall too, has shown some speed, you know, as a kind of change of pace back. Um, but then this new kid. That just recruit J.K. Dobbins is pushing all these guys. So do you see them pr- trying to get all these guys on the field, just whoever can help them? Or do you think they really will go like bellwether style uh, with, you know, Mike Weber and that, you know, that Percy, Cam- that Percy Harvin role with Paris Campbell? Nah, I don't, I don't see it being
1: uh, you know, backs by committee unless Mike Weber goes down. Listen, the only thing you can attribute that those big runs to is just youth. The guy was a red shirt freshman. So, You know, the speed of the game has to slow down for every player. It took me a while to become uh, the player that I ended up being my senior year because once the speed of the game slowed down, then I could do anything like I said. But for him, he's trying to rush a little bit too much because of that youth, that inexperience, and then that one little tap man will make you trip. But I don't expect to see that this year. I expect to see him be a much better running back, and I think he's a great running back. He has a great future ahead of him. I'm looking forward to seeing him carry the load. Because I think, personally, they should have given the ball more towards the end of the season. I think that ended up hurting us. You know, he didn't have a great bowl game, but at the same time, the, the three weeks before that, you stopped giving the man the ball. So, you know, for a freshman, you know, you can't play with his mentals like that. You got to keep him going while he's hot. And he was hot for a minute. So, um, I don't think it's going to be a back by committee. I think that, you know, if Mike, if Mike Weber goes in there and does what he needs to do, I think he's going to be the guy again and come back with another 1,000-plus yard rushing season. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing.
0: And then one one other question. Um, when we look at this Ohio State team and just the way that, I'm trying to think of the way I want to word this. How how big a okay, so we saw one guy another guy struggle and I don't know how much this played in a role in the Mike Weber, but in the bowl game, even leading up to the bowl game in the, the last game, uh when they won, Isaiah Prince, you know, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but the O line struggled as a unit all the way a whole, but he kinda was, you know, got the spotlight unfairly or fairly in the team up north game and then also in the bowl game. How how important are the guys up front, you know? Mm-hmm blocking for you, you know, like to get you into that rhythm, you say, like knowing that they're going to, you know, get that hole open or be at have that spot for you available when you hit the hole? The guys up front are everything. That's on both sides
1: of the ball. (laughs) Offensively and defensively, those guys control the tempo of the game. So if your offensive line is struggling, your running game is going to struggle. Your passing game is going to struggle. It just is what it is. Those guys have to hold it down. The year we won a national championship, our offensive line turned into a machine. So it wasn't just about Zeke. Zeke wasn't getting touched until he got five yards downfield. Remember that. So the offensive line is the heartbeat of your team. So, you know, I think Prince he struggled, but he's a young kid. You gotta listen, guys. You gotta remember this team had 46 freshmen last year, guys. This is the young one of the youngest team in the country. So for us to even be in the college playoffs, I thought was a miracle. To be honest with you, I told everybody before the bowl game Clemson's gonna beat the brakes off us. I saw this coming. We could not throw the ball down the field past 10 yards. I knew against that aggressive Clemson defense we were not going to do anything. I called it because I'm in tune with what we're doing. It, listen, that was a no-brainer that we were not going to go out there and beat that team. I just knew it because the offensive line was struggling and we couldn't throw the ball the last six weeks of the season. Like, I saw that coming. So it was no big, you know, surprise to me that we went down there and got towed up. It's okay. It's already right. it happened to the best of them, but I guarantee you they'll bounce back, and that's going to give them more motivation. So if they were getting complacent, now <laughs> that just gave them another fuel to, to, to light some more fire up on them. So I think it's going to work out well, and I think that we have a bright future at Ohio State. I think the future is really, really, really bright. So I, I think we're good to go.
0: How much can strength help in that transition from year to year? Like, so you you talked about, you know, coming back from an injury, that kind of thing. So we talk about like a Mike Weber, you you said, you know, breaking that run can come uh, just with experience, but also, I mean, he's going to be stronger. Isaiah Prince is going to be strong. All of these guys are going to be stronger because we know how they work out down there at Ohio State. How much can that help them going into the spring game and then also from the spring to the fall?
1: It's going to be pivotal. You know, their season, like I said, you come off of a, you know, 30-whatever-it-was, nothing shellacking, your motivation in the weight room is just a little bit different. Because, as you know, that doesn't happen at Ohio State. So, I'm sure they're down there in the weight room going ham because I know Urban Meyer is not going to – and Mickey Mariota, he's not going to let them live, live, live this down. So, I know that this is going to be very important. All those guys, you'll see them. I think I heard Mike Weber actually lost some weight. So that's going to give him another step or two in his, in his uh, ability to break the long run. Um, so I, I think everybody's just going to come back, improve, more mature. Listen, you only get better by playing. And like I said, when you talk about guys who are freshmen and sophomores who have never played on this level, man, it's a lot of pressure out there. You know, it just takes time for guys to grow. And uh, I think you'll, you'll definitely see that difference this year in those guys in the weight room.
0: All right. Well, we're definitely excited about this year, and uh, we know that your years, um, especially the last year before you made the jump to the NFL, that last game was a showcase game for you. you. You ushered in an era of winning against Michigan that has been unprecedented from, you know, Coach Trestle to Coach Urban Meyer. But three touchdowns in one game, man. Did you feel like Al Bundy or, like, how was that experience? <laughs> Take us back, man. You know what I mean? Because it's one of the greatest memories for a lot of the Ohio State fans that were there during that time. And, and you know, it just – and like I said, it now, I mean, we count the days by thousands of how many times how – how long it's been since we beat the team up north. Right.
1: right. Well – you know what's funny to me, man, every time I talk to some of my homeboys who are actually from Ohio, they have to constantly remind me of the drought that it was. You know, I'm not from here, so I yeah. didn't get to go through all the 90s disappointments and all of that stuff that the fans that live here did. So they, they constantly remind me, like, dude, you are my hero. Do you understand? We had, we had I guess we hadn't went up there since 1987. This is 2001. Yeah. So it had been a long time since we went up there and got that done but honestly at that time of the season there was there was nobody that could stop me man the week before that I had 193 yards in 3 quarters they stopped giving me the ball. I would have had two fifty at least. I didn't get the ball one time in the fourth quarter for
0: whatever reason. You could have but had that Big Ten was, record, that that, uh, that Tim Bianca's that, Patuka record. Yeah, that that. But that see, that's <laughs> what I was going for. That. But, but do do you even realize that I didn't
1: play in the second half? Do you know that? I mean, yeah. Only, all those all those touchdowns and the Buck twenty nine was in the first half. I played one play in the second half. My entire lower body cramped up. I got carried off the field. I had to go into a locker room, get IV'd up. By the time I came back out the locker room, it was only like four or five minutes left in the game. Mm. So if I played in that whole time, that's why this is such a bittersweet conversation for me when I talk about this game. Because we were up 23 nothing at halftime. Yeah. If I played in the second half, they don't get close. There was nobody yeah. on their defense that could tackle me that day, period. I was murdering them. So I always hate myself for not finishing that game. And then it coming down to being a nail biter, I really wanted to blow them out. I had Bianca Matuk on my mind the whole time, like, I'm about to go get this record. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't make the second half. My body shut down on me. But we got the W. And I believe we're 14-2 and two since that day. So it was a historic moment. And I'm
0: glad I got to be a part of it, brother. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Well um, do you wanna talk about uh the projects that you got that you wanna do, man, or tell people give an update of what, what you got going on now or you just wanna close nah, it nah. out? we
1: we'll 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 uh we'll we'll get back on here when when I launch everything, Man, I ain't okay. talking right now. Just no, back that's
0: back all good. There. Well just any yeah. shout outs you any shout outs you wanna give, man, and how people can follow you on social media, Jonathan.
1: Nah, I ain't I'm not on social media, man. Shout <laughs> out to all my Buckeye fans. I love y'all. Y'all will see me when y'all see me. Trust me, I'm about to make an amazing comeback here in one minute. So just, you know, you'll hear about it.
0: I trust me, I'm on on my way. All right, Johnson man. Well, people don't have to remember the name because they know the name because of what you did, man. And listen, man, nobody ever is mad at you for not finishing that second (laughs) half, brother. I mean, (laughs) listen, the first – it wouldn't have been fair, man. They they would have had to call the cops, man, if you would have, you know what I'm saying, finished that second half, man.
1: I was I was I was listen. I was a man possessed, you know. And the re- the reason why I, people don't know this: my sophomore year, we were playing against Tom Brady up there. That my sophomore year, that game, I had three carries for ninety yards. I had a I had a seventy six yard run in the big house. That's the best run in a, in the rivalry history. Period. But I didn't score. I got caught at the five yard line. <laughs> guy tripped me from behind. We didn't get any points. Tom Brady comes back and they go on a run and beat us. We should have beat them then. So that whole time, my, those next two years, I could not wait to get back to the big house. So that was really my motivation because I killed them every time. I had two touchdowns my junior year. I had three carries for 90 yards my sophomore year. And then I just came back and finished them off my senior year. So I was always ready for the big game. That, that was, I was ready for it, you know what I mean? So that just I was the lights was bright, and I was ready to do it.
0: Was that the was that the point though where the the rivalry started really burning for you though like to, from being out to, from coming from out of state you know, was that the point where you're like oh yeah we got to beat these guys every year every opportunity? Well, when I came in, the beauty of it was we punished them. Like my freshman year, we
1: spanked them. So I'm like, what are y'all talking about? We kill these guys. <laughs> so to me, I never I never bought into this. We can't beat them. Now some of the guys that were from here, they might have had that on the inside of them. I didn't. Mike Wiley and them put that thing on them, David Boston, 98. Man, we punished them in a shoe. So I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I'm killing these dudes every time I see them. So the next year I went up there, my second carry, let's go. I'm getting out of here. I don't know what nobody else in here doing. J-Dub is in here. And that's what I did. <laughs> and I kept doing it until I left that thing. So, you know, I was always ready. It wasn't nothing to me.
0: All right, Johnson, man. We we thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you for joining us on with an Ohio Bias and man. Uh we want to get the NFL's perspective from you too, so maybe here closer to the draft, man, we bring you back, man, to talk about that part too, man.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Whenever you're ready, man. I appreciate it, man.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And as always, go Bucks, man. OH.
1: Absolutely. Io, let's do it. All right.
0: All right, man. We're done, man. That's it, man. I'm glad to, I got you okay. fired up there, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I and I, the so thing is, I, I knew as soon as you said the numbers, I knew you was going for that Bianca Patuca record. I just wanted to make sure I could say the guy's name right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 it, it yeah, flashed yeah, in my yeah. head. Like I'm like, oh, that's what he was going for. Yeah. Oh
1: man. I, I did. I did a, um. We did an event in Youngstown. It was it's, they do an Ohio State Michigan dinner, and the mm-hmm. one that I happened to go to there was Trestle was there and Bianca Patuca was there. So we was talking about I say, boy, you lucky. <laughs> but I was going to get you that day. So like my even the, even the play I cramped up on, I literally had to just fall down because my legs gave out. I was about to break down on for like fifty. My leg, I, I just fell out with nobody right there. I'm hmm. like, oh my god, y'all in trouble today. So you know, it was all good though. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Hey, man. Thank you for your time, man. Yeah, I'm serious, man. Um, we'll do a couple podcasts, man, and, uh, you know, just get that going. And then I got some other stuff that I think we can collaborate on, too, man. So it'll definitely be something that we build on and uh, keep trying to support each other. And uh, I think I can definitely help you with what you're doing, too, man. So.